The Prime Minister says new national lockdown measures in England could be in place for the foreseeable future. Unless we palpably make progress, we should assume that the restrictions I have announced will remain in place for perhaps six months. For the time being, this virus is a fact of our lives. From Monday, shop workers, bar staff and taxi drivers will have to wear face coverings to help stop the spread of coronavirus. Anyone who can work from home is being asked to do so and the return of fans in sports stadiums is being put on hold. Pubs and restaurants will also have to shut by 10pm from later this week. Stuart McNaught, who runs a bar in Reading, says he'll need more help from the government to keep staff in work. Shutting at 10 o'clock has brought us back to uh, a situation where we're back looking at the loss of jobs. We're all very nervous, very, very, very nervous in the industry um, and we're going to need some serious help from the Chancellor to not make too many redundancies. Labour leader Sakir Starmer says he supports the changes but has accused the PM of serial incompetence. Similar measures are being introduced in Scotland, though the First Minister has been tougher. Nicola Sturgeon says from tomorrow, people won't be able to visit other people at their homes. It's as another 37 people have died in the UK after testing positive for COVID-19. That's the highest daily figure since the middle of July. Thousands more job cuts have been announced. Whitbread, which owns Premier Inn, is axing up to 6,000 roles. Weatherspoon says up to 450 positions are at risk, while Macmillan Cancer Support is planning to make 310 people redundant. And the return of the Great British Bake Off is going to be delayed tonight because of the Prime Minister's latest message on coronavirus. Channel 4's broadcasting Boris Johnson's speech from 8pm, in which he'll outline the new restrictions for England. That's the latest. I'm Anna Russell. Love Drystone Radio. We're local and proud. Drystone Radio. The Writer's Bookshelf on Drystone Radio.
Canal Basin in Skipton to Sutton Clough. We are Drystone Radio. Welcome to another Writer's Bookshelf with, of course, me, David Driver, right here, Drystone Radio 103.5 FM. And I'm on the airwaves as usual, right through until 10pm this evening. And I have advertised this one as Viral Verses and the Eli 24 Project. And as I have already advertised, it's a trio of multi-talented and creative People, it's been many, it's been many years, or even many months, since we've had three guests on the show. Let alone one guest. We've just got the uh, obviously not broadcasting from Drystone Towers, but the power of the telephone, the mobile phone, will connect me with three brilliant people. And coming up in the first hour and the middle hour, the second hour, will all be about viral verses. A brilliant and fantastic. 
new portrait collection and it's brought together over 50 poets and 30 artists and it is available today, Tuesday or from today should I say Tuesday the 22nd of September brilliant stuff indeed and round about in about sort of six seven minutes time round the maximum I'll be talking to one of the editors the brilliant Stephen Linstead and in the middle hour round about quarter past eight your friend and mine singer songwriter singer songwriter poet broadcaster and journalist, the one and only Mr Heath Common. And if things cannot get any better, I can hear you saying, well, they can, because back on the show is the equally talented, brilliant Mrs Irene Lofthouse. And why? Because we've, we have, we've got some funding for a fantastic project that's taking place this coming Saturday and the following Saturday. And we'll be in and around Silsden. And we will be collecting information from all the lovely Cobbdalers, yes, all the people that live and reside in the brilliant town of Silsden. And more about that in the last hour. So if you want to get in touch, you can email me, david.driver at drystoneradio.com. Or if you want to get on Facebook, just type in Drystone Radio, the writer's bookshelf, and let me know what you are thinking. We've got another song coming up. We've already had the brilliant Mick Jagger and the boys, the Rolling Stones, Stray Cats with Runaway Boy. This one is from a man sadly missed. It's from David Bowie, Golden Years. And after this, the brilliant Mr. Stephen Linstead. Listeners, please stay tuned. Shadows in these golden years There's my baby lost at all 
That is the one and only Mr. David Bowie with, of course, Golden Years. And the power that I have on this machine, if I go like this and I turn up this volume and I say, good evening, Stephen, are you there, Stephen? I am indeed, David. Oh, brilliant. And I'm, I'm laughing about that because I, I think you might have... I know you've had a little bit to do with music and I've seen on your posts that you've been uh, in uh, right now in, in another uh, radio station and technology is brilliant as long as it's working. And a couple of weeks ago, I it would have been like Jeremy Beadle because my guest wasn't there, Stephen, so I always have a joke and, and sometimes I have to plug the phone in twice, but we've got it first time. So first and foremost, welcome to the Writer's Bookshelf. It's good to have you on board and secondly thank you for such a fantastic and brilliant book viral verses which of course i am part of but for the time being it's all about you Stephen. it's the 22nd of september and tuesday and viral verses is available as we speak so i suppose the first question is um and you can obviously it's in your own words if i'm reading this correctly you and a few other people have brilliantly brought, brought together over 50 poets and 30 artists. So just tell us, how do you go about that? What, what's the, what was the idea behind it? Well, the idea was, um, it came from, uh, from actually my, my, my performing. Uh, and last year, uh, I was doing a thing called the Blackstone Road Show, which is based around a film that I do. It includes a little bit of my, my poetry. But we were playing down in Coventry, and uh, that gig, uh, a very old friend of mine who was also a musician came over. I'd not seen him since we were at uni in the 70s. And uh, it was quite an emotional little meeting, actually. And uh, we were both so pleased to see each other again. And we agreed that we were going to meet up in May. And unfortunately, he died from the COVID virus in April. Oh. So um, I, I was a bit uh, upset about that. He was a, an incredibly popular guy as well. Um, and as, as, a, as a poet, uh, I just I woke up one morning, found myself thinking about him and also feeling that I didn't want to get up. Uh, and so I stayed in bed and I wrote a poem about him. Uh, it was a sort of in memoriam type of thing. And uh, that poem... Uh, I showed to a, co- a couple of mates. It went around Facebook. My son said, this is great. Uh, one of his mates said, I'll illustrate it. And my son, who actually worked on the COVID helpline, said, why don't we try and do a book in aid of the NHS charities? So I said, well, OK, I know a few people. And he knew a few people. And Brian Ledgard, uh, who is an old mate of mine, who's a designer, an artist, a drummer, and various other things, um, said, well, I'll design it for you, if you want. So we we went about uh, using the networks that we had, 
um, the centre of gravity, I suppose it's got a twin centre of gravity, really. One of them is is York, uh, because uh, I work at the University of York, mm-hmm. and that was the start of the first two uh, COVID cases in the UK. So the university is quite keen to reach out to the community and do whatever it can uh, to, to help the community cope with this. Uh, and it was delighted to think that poetry might be one means of doing that. So I talked to our English department and they got quite a few poets in there, some brilliant young poets. Uh, so uh, we got some of those involved. Um, we got some people that I know, uh, like Ian McMillan, uh, who's pretty well known mm-hmm. nationally as a poet, Mike Harding uh, as well. Yes. Um, uh, Morris Rutherford, who actually originated from Hull, uh, but... Uh, was uh, was called the uh, so the the new uh, Philip Larkin, mm-hmm. which is quite funny because he's ninety eight. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he thinks that's hilarious, but he is you know he's a top class poet. He publishes yes. in Poetry Review, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, so we got people from kind of that upper end of the mountain, about well above the snow line, right down to people who were local poets. We have a, an ongoing archive uh, in uh, at, at the university as part of the, the Borthwick Institute, and it, it's a living archive, so it collects stuff as it's going along when things happen. And a few poets had submitted to that, and so they screened out and sent us uh, some of the best ones, and some of those are terrific as well from people who've never published before. Um, and we basically just used the networks that we had so with, there's one very solid one around uh, uh, the South Yorkshire area, uh, Barnsley, Rotherham, Doncaster, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, we uh, and, and York is the other one. And so uh, it, we we said, well, it'll it'll be a sort of Yorkshire-centred thing, but we don't want it to be solely Yorkshire because it's going to it's going to speak to everybody. Mm-hmm. And I mean, as, as as poetry does, you know, you respond to it. It doesn't really matter where you're from or what you're doing. Uh, so we've got a huge diversity within the the book uh, in in terms of uh, you know ethnicity. Uh, most of the poets, when I actually sat down and counted them up, uh, are female. Uh, and uh, we've got, uh, as I said, the artists came to, by a slightly different route in the sense that. Uh, we got the poems in and then tried to match them to an artist. Yes. Uh, so once we'd got that, the, the sort of poems database together, and none of this was actually as, as systematic and precise as it might sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of it was just improvisation. and Some of it was just inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, and finding uh, a poet who could, war- sorry, no, a an, an illustrator, an artist who could warm uh, to the work of a particular poet, and mm. sometimes it didn't work. We sent all of them out. Uh, the, all, all we'd, we'd pick a someone we thought was going to be an, the right artist for a particular uh, poet, and we sent them to the to the artist. And some sometimes they said, "No, I, I can't. I can't quite feel this this poem," which was fine. Um, and sometimes we uh, we we send them. I mean, on, on one occasion. We sent what was a brilliant illustration to uh, the uh, the poet, uh, and the poet turned it down. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of in a nice way because the the poet was an older lady 
who'd retired. She'd had several books published, but she she was also an artist. Mm-hmm. But she didn't feel confident enough to offer herself as, a, as the illustrator of her own poem. And finally, she said, I don't want to create a lot of trouble, but, you know, uh, she was very sweet about it. So we said, all right, OK. So then Brian and I sat down and uh, sort of looked at each other and said, we've now got a commissioned painting and no poem to go with it. Uh, so so I wrote a poem to go. That's the first time I've actually done it that way. Um, it, go, go on, Brian. Yeah, Stephen, sorry, I apologise. Continue, please. Yeah, no, it was... Um, so we've we've kind of come at it from all, all all angles, really. And the I think the biggest thrill of it when it was when we've got an illustration that, has, that, that goes with a poem and it really creates something, a third thing, you know, there's mm-hmm. this third piece of art, which is the interaction between the words and the images, uh, which gives you something qualitatively different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's uh, it has really come out in the final version of the book. It, it certainly has, and as you well know, I have seen. I've got my I've got my copies on order, and I've obviously seen the uh, the PDF version, and, and I have to agree. The uh, it's I think it's brilliant how the how uh, the artists and the poets have come together, and I must agree with you. Um, and, and you know yourself, you you read poetry, it does conjure up um, imagery and, and emotions. And then obviously, I just think it's fantastic how the uh, the illustrations, like as you as you said, they just the match. You know, when when you look at the the illustrations or the artwork, and it's just it's just a brilliant a brilliant job. Um, but you know they said don't work don't work with poets and artists. So is it, is it animals and children, Stephen? I can't remember now. <laughs> to, 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 uh, to, uh, and you've got Millie Johnson on board. And strangely enough, uh, I do know Millie. She's been on the show. She she's a reasonable a good friend of mine. And uh, and she's actually gonna she's gonna be uh, I'll be talking to Millie Johnson next week about poetry and of course oh, viral viral, uh, viral verses. So how did how did uh, how did um, Millie Johnson get involved? Was she just automatically sort of invited? Obviously, she's a Barnsley lass. And, uh... <laughs> it's, it's quite funny, really, because my ex-sister-in-law met her in Morrison's. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's a Barnsley thing. Uh, but, um, no, I mean, she did actually uh, go to school with me, my former sister-in-law. Right. But we discovered that later. Um, I uh, I mean, I, I, knew, I, knew, I knew Millie... Th- Sort of indirectly uh, mm-hmm. through some other people in the sort of arts circle. And ain't she uh, brilliant? She, she, she really is such a brilliant lady and straight talking as most Barnsley oh, folks abso- are. Abso- absolutely, she's a force of nature. <laughs> um, she's uh, yeah, she's absolutely wonderful. And she was, um, we, you know, we did. Well, let's say, you know, I, I probably, I think if I was writing this this all out by hand, all my request letters for people to give us endorsements and support and mm-hmm. things like that, I would certainly have worn out a box full of biros, but <laughs> and and got a lot of rejections from people that you would have thought maybe I, they wouldn't have given you a rejection, you know. Mm-hmm. But a, a lot of the time, you can't get past the the wall of people's PAs and that kind of thing. So you don't know whether they've ever actually seen it or not. But Millie was absolutely straight on within a couple mm. of hours of contacting her. Yes. She's she's so open and yes. so honest in her in her views. Um she came straight back and uh, and said she'd love to have a uh, have a look at uh, at it and she did <laughs> and she really loved it uh, and she really did love it. it, it um it, 
it just it just sounds like me because it's funny. I was actually talking here. I met up with uh, with Heath. And obviously, I'm, I'm talking to Heath around about quarter past eight this evening, uh, Stephen. And, and I, was, I was talking to Heath on Sunday and talking talking about Millie. And I first met her about three years ago in York, and I'd never met her before. Didn't know what to expect. And as you've said, we got on like an house on fire. After five minutes, I just felt like that I'd known her sort of all my life and she's very very supportive should have more sort of Millie Johnsons in this world really because straight talking you cannot bait <laughs> absolutely and, and and Millie got straight away mm. what we were trying to do with the book that we we were we were trying to make it a book for everybody we wanted it to appeal to uh, to everybody no matter where they came from mm-hmm. because you know we both firmly, fir- fervently believe that, that poetry is for everybody um we also wanted to show people that actually, you know, it doesn't matter how old you are, it doesn't matter what you've been doing in your life, that there's a place for poetry in your life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, we've the the contributors that we've got, I've said we've got the oldest is 98, yes. the second mm-hmm. oldest is 96, um, and the youngest is 16. That's fine. It's, it's brilliant, and I think, and I think, I, I, again, I can wholeheartedly agree with that. Obviously, I, I've sort of travelled a little bit around on the sort of open mic circuit. And I've got, an, obviously, I've do, I have my own. Um, well, I have been doing my open mic simply because of the the COVID nineteen. But it's probably fair to say um, it, that some, sometimes some people can be sort of a little bit tentative and possibly put off by the uh, by poetry or even the mention of the word poetry. But obviously, sixteen to ninety-eight. I don't think you can get a better sort of age range than that. And like you say, you've got people at all different levels of the artwork. It really is going to appeal to uh, to to a lot to a lot of uh, a lot of people. But another question, Stephen, is do you, I've sort of found in the last sort of six months that more and more people are turning to poetry. I know people writing short stories, novels, not really on, not, not really with the sort of poetry scene. And in these sort of strange lockdown times, there seems to be more people turning to the poetry because it's getting the emotion out there and it's a form of expression. Would, that, you, would you agree with that, uh, Stephen? I, w- I would, absolutely. And uh, I think um, Margaret Drabble, I mean, we've, we've mm. been fantastically lucky mm. in getting uh, Dame Margaret Drabble to uh, do the introduction uh, for us, but uh, she is for, originally from Sheffield, mm-hmm. um, but she was educated in York at the mm-hmm. Mount School, so she does have that York connection. Um, but Margaret points out that you know uh, Wordsworth said that uh, the poetry was e- emotion recollected in tranquility, but that mm-hmm. was just one side of it. Uh, because poetry is also uh, emotion expressed spontaneously. And that's what a lot of the poems in the book do Mm -hmm. that. There's no tranquility about it. Some of these poems are angry. Mm -hmm. Some of these poems are hurt. Uh, Some of them are joyful. But a lot of them are are, are really, you don't get the sense that there's been an awful lot of time and processing got in there. This is somebody who is... It was processing and feeling and expressing in the moment. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean the poems are not well crafted. Uh, th- they are, uh, because they're done by people who know the craft. Uh, so it's not such a, a distance for them. But we've got ones that are clearly, uh, definitely uh, ones that, uh, that, that are recollections, that are reflections, mm-hmm. uh, that are not just about uh, covid but are about uh, things like memory, 
and mm -hmm. grief and loss and how you cope with it and mm -hmm. how you reintegrate that into your life and how you move on. So I think we've, you know, we've covered a fair old rainbow of emotion in the book as well. So it's, mm -hmm. it's not something that you go in if you're feeling, you know, sad. I think it does uplift an yes. awful lot. It makes you think an awful lot. Which um, is what you want, which is what you want poetry to do. Um, you know, yeah. in, in, and I think it does show the the um, the resilience. It just shows how the sort of how the human race can adapt and be resilient. And also, it, it just shows that we need as human beings to express ourselves. You know, and obviously, it's not going to be a good year in a lot of respects to remember. But people are expressing themselves, and I, and I do think, as you've said, it, it will. It, I think it will bring hope and a little bit of. Uh, a, a, a little bit of, uh, well, I think it might bring things together if people have, you know, people have suffered in different ways through the COVID nineteen. So hopefully, yeah. this book will uh, will help. Well, it's uh, it, I mean, it's it's certainly changed me mm -hmm. the process of of doing it and the process of 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 of, of being there and helping other people uh, to share uh, these emotions. But it, I was amazingly. Uh, surprised by the maturity of some of the younger poets. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you, when you read them, you won't be able to tell how old they are. It was just me that knew how old they, they were or when the poems came in. But very few of them would you think this is a young person's poem. Mm -hmm. You know, some of them are, are, are really fabulous stuff mm -hmm. um, and uh, certainly taught me a lot uh, to reading uh, those things and their thoughts and how mm -hmm. they uh, they turn those uh, in their heads. There's a, they, they do really tease out every, uh, every dimension I could think of, anyway, of mm -hmm. uh, of how we might be affected by something like this. It's pretty, it's pretty. And just, well, you are going to share a little bit of uh, poetry, but one of my, I can't really say it's one of my famous questions, but one question that I do like to, to ask is, with obviously all that fantastic hard work and you've brought it all together, the, the poems and, and matching the, the artwork or the artist with the, with the poems. Brilliant stuff indeed. And I always say that the hard work is, or the, the, the heart of the book is obviously within the pages, but sometimes the sale of a book or the enticement of a book can depend on the book cover. And I think the book cover is absolutely brilliant. So what, do, how, how much sort of pain and effort and how many different versions of the book cover did you have, Stephen, or did it come together? Did you say Brian Lagarde did, did the uh, design the book cover? Have, have I got that right? The, the well, what, what, what it was, was, um, again, it was quite early on in the process. Uh, Brian Lagarde does all of the um, uh, the design in the, mm -hmm. uh, uh, in, in the, in the book and the, yes. the layout and everything. But, um, Brian's, I mean, Brian's been a photographer since mm -hmm. the 60s. Mm -hmm. And uh, he'd got a lot of his archive uh, that he hadn't pulled together. And so he decided during lockdown that one of the things he was going to do was, was go through the archive and put some themes together mm -hmm. uh, for his um, uh, one of his sites uh, on, on the web. And one of them was some shots that he'd done in Venice Mm -hmm. uh, back in 2005 and uh, he he put a few, a few of them up so I just went to have a look at them just because I love Venice and I love the carnival masks and everything mm -hmm. and uh, the first one I, I saw was that cover that's the cover of the book 
So as soon as you saw the, that, Stephen, that was it. There was you that, saw that is there was, the cover. There was, there was never another candidate. Brilliant. Never, it was Brilliant. it was just perfectly inspired, and uh, you know Brian hadn't really <laughs> thought about it. He said, "Well, you like that? Yes, you bet. You <laughs> that is the cover." He sounds. He's, he's, I think it's fantastic when when things like that come together because you probably know just as well as I do with many other people. It, it's probably a worse scenario if you've got two, three, or possibly four, and you can't really decide. But obviously, if that sort of feeling, that emotion has gone to you, Stephen, it, it's, it's it's brilliant stuff. And and hopefully, you know, you would agree. People might walk into a bookstore and, unfortunately or fortunately, whichever side you look at it, it does depend on the book cover. It could be the best it work does. inside Absolutely. and someone could say, oh, I don't like that, I don't like that. And uh, it just seems a little bit strange that, that they do all this writing and, and weave all these wonderful words, but it just depends on what it, what it looks like on the cover. Well, but, that's it. I mean, I, I wanted a cover that, that, that drew people towards it. It certainly does that. When you see that, that cover, mm. you are going to want to see what's inside it. Definitely. De- definitely, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Now we are going to share um, a few uh, or uh, one or two possible uh, poems with us, uh, Stephen. But just just before we do that, let's just remind all our listeners: all um, all profits on this book are going to the NHS. Yes, that that's right. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. yeah. So, we're, so there's no profit, and it's going to be the first run is available. So, are, are there other plans to uh, to sort of keep it going? Are, are we to say that as long as it's in demand, or is there is there a sort of a just a, a limit on the sort of books that or the amount of books, or will it just keep going as long as it's in demand? Well, what we we we're going to do, we've had we've we've done a first a first run yes of, of five hundred. Uh, we we hope that that will go fairly quickly, mm-hmm. uh, and we've got and and our plans are to do a second run of five hundred, mm-hmm. uh, and and hope that we sell that one out as uh, as well. Now beyond that, uh, we'll, we'll we'll just have to see what what demand is is like. Basically, because of the way that the uh, the charity commission works, we have to sign a contract with the NHS, which is time bound, uh, not right. volume bound. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, our, we signed the contract for a year, mm-hmm. and so um, the, the 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 pro, the project basically runs for a year, and uh, we'll sell whatever we can uh, within that twelve month period. Um, after that, uh, we'll we'll have a look and see what uh, what the need is. And I mean, it, you know, at the, at the time that we that we signed signed the contract, we had no idea how long uh, COVID might last. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it was very difficult, and we didn't know how many we'd sell. We, 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 we're not marketers ourselves, mm-hmm. so um, we uh, we we will. I mean, we, we'd be willing certainly to uh, you know to continue selling this and even do a viral versus two if it came down to it. Oh, now would that be an achievement? That that would be absolutely fantastic. If you, certainly with all you know everything you, you've been talking about, and obviously yeah. you, you've been on the journey from the word go viral versus two. You know, you know that's going to happen now. <laughs> You've, and and just it, it, so it's available, it's, it's fourteen ninety five. I should know myself. Is it fourteen five nine? Fourteen ninety nine. Ninety nine. Oh, hey, my, yeah. four pence cheap. No, fourteen ninety nine. Do apologise. And yeah. just remind everybody tuning. Just remind them where because I know I know it's going um, shortly. It will be available via Amazon. But where can people? If people are tuned in, where can they get the book from? You can you can get it right now. This yes. minute. From 
YPD Books. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is uh, uh, Yorkshire uh, Distributors for, for Publishing. It's yes. part of the Yorkshire Publishing Service, which mm-hmm. is YPS. If, if people go to our website, which is www.viral-versus.com, mm-hmm. and I'll repeat that, that's www.viral-versus.com, then we have buy now buttons on there and one will take you straight to ypd the other one's for amazon but amazon take a little bit longer to get set up because we have to get the books to them before their their site can go live but ypd have got them right now and you can get them uh, right this minute from ypd the difference for us is that if you get it from ypd you will certainly have to pay the postage Mm -hmm. um, which you might not if you're an amazon prime member so we're not judging people if they go for amazon Mm -hmm. but we pay quite a lot of commission to amazon yes we don't pay any commission to ypd so the more profit is is ypd is to be more profit all round obviously that's right we will get we we will get more for the nhs that way it couldn't be as much as a fiver above so you Um, heard it you've heard it listeners we want to keep all as many as many pennies or pounds to the NHS, and also we want to keep it local. We want to keep it Yorkshire, but uh, obviously you can't. It's entirely up to the uh, the individual. Absolutely, people people make their choices, and if you've paid your yeah. subscription to Amazon Prime in order to get things yeah. free, then by all means, you know we just want to sell them. <laughs> but <laughs> but if it doesn't matter to you whether it's Amazon or YPD, please choose YPD. Brilliant stuff. Well, we've got round about sort of ten minutes now, Stephen. You did say, I mean, in your sort of own time, if you can share as many, you know, as many points what you like, what, you know, can share a couple and see what we're doing, how we're doing for time. If, if that's okay with you, if you want to maybe just tell us a bit about the poem or just read it out, however you want to do it, it it's fine by me. Have you, have you got a couple of uh, a few poems there, Stephen, for us? Well, I'll, I'll start off with the, with the one that's right at the beginning of the book. Yes, uh, which is a, a short one. This one's by. Ian McMillan, and it, it comes with an absolutely wonderful illustration mm-hmm. by, sorry, by Graham Ibison, uh, and it really relates very much to um, to Ian and Graham's relationship. Uh, they're like me; they're a, a, a couple of men of a certain age, <laughs> and it's called <laughs> Two Old Men in Caps in Barnsley, April 2020," and it's by Ian McMillan. Two old men in caps walked towards each other in the April sun. Years they've known each other, years down the same pit. One moves his head to one side, ever so slightly. The other has begun to do the same. They move apart, two metres of pavement between them. One says the other's name. One says the other's name. They walk on, socially distant but part of each other. Oh, that, now that, that is just, it's brilliant, as as you've said. That, that to me, that is just, it brings a smile to your face. If that is not 100% Yorkshire, I do not know. Uh, it, it, it is, absolutely. I, I, I mean, I think, I think at this point, actually, every time I walk down to the shop, mm. uh, just around the corner from me, and I, th- I think it's, it's, it's lovely because it's, it, it captures that, that moment that is a poetic moment yes in the sense that there's 
there's not necessarily anything significant in that moment and yet it opens up into something which is so so significant mm-hmm. that it binds us all together it's it's brilliant it's brilliant and 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 I hope you know, if Ian is listening or catching up by the via the podcast, whatever. Um, I I got there when you were reading out. I sort of got images. I, I was thinking. I always I was thinking of Last of the Summer Wine for some reason when 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 you were reading that out. You know, just real sort of you know Yorkshire folk out and you know just I'll do and this and all. They're just brilliant, fantastic images. Absolutely, yeah, it is, and that sort of you know. The greeting that almost doesn't exist. But it, it's yeah. so implicit in the relationship. And one, one, know, one, one word says everything. That's all. That all or two words backs him, and and that's it. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Absolutely. absolutely. And and the, and the, and I think the style of the poem mm. also mimics that in its economy. Mm-hmm. So the poem itself is all is almost just a little nod to the reader. Doesn't do too much. And you it's say just, that is the first poem. I mean, is, you said that was the first poem that Stephen is right. into. It is, yeah. And what a fantastic! I mean, anyone, anyone, when you when you buy that book, or you know, it's what, what a fantastic introduction. You know, it's going to bring a smile to people's faces. That little, uh, hopefully, it will do. I'm it, sure. I'm sure it will do. It will. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure it will as well. Have we got? Have we got another one? Do Do we have another one that we could possibly yeah, share? I'll, I'll, I'll read one. Read one of mine, which yes. is. Um, it's called the prospect behind us, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it basically a lot of people uh, talking about uh, about COVID has, have been saying, "Well, you know, it couldn't be foreseen. Nobody foresaw it." And I think actually that's so much about life, you know, everyday life. We, we're so often saying that, and yet actually it's just because we don't notice what's around us, and that. In fact, if we actually looked at the past a little bit more more carefully, we would see that everything that's that's in front of us mm-hmm. is actually already foretold for us in some way or another. We just don't piece it together. So the idea behind the point is basically we spend so much time looking forwards that when we actually encounter the future, it surprises us because it's come from behind. So it's called The Prospect Behind Us. Like a pantomime villain or hooded mugger. Our future is behind us, creeping up unseen, beladen with chickens coming home to roost, bulging briefcases of dog-eared accounts to be reckoned with, beneficent sacks of serendipity, and whatever's coming to us. Whichever direction we look in, the traumatic tormaturge is always behind us, whilst the pantomime audiences of history scream hysterical indecipherable warnings as our befuddled faces peer. It has no reflection in life's rearview mirror and never shows up upon our mindless selfies of self-consciousness. We don't back away from the future. We just back into it. And when it arrives, we deny that the ships have come in or pretend that the tawdry eagles have landed with feathers intact or try to send it packing with ears full of exhausted fleas whilst we gaze into the hollows, the dark auditorium struggling to perceive what hides in past light. And if through shifting scenes we nimbly avoid fate's sudden trapdoor, we can't slink off into the wings, unanchored by its haunting shadow or the gelled light that leaks fuzzily focused from out of frame. We can't step forward beyond proscenium play into knowledge. For all our props and makeup, idiots' tales and pyrotechnics, 
we are puppets without strings and always, ever, becoming from behind. I do like that one. Stephen, well written is, I have to say, and, and I like the way with you sort of reference to pantomime and puppets and you've cleverly thrown in the sort of realism and the and the, and the questions with a, with a light-hearted touch I, I sort of think we talk about puppets you talk about creeping and I like the bit where you said you know people people don't look to the future they're just back into it it's um and again I, I have to say a good sort of I imagine that as as our our Yorkshire folk will will look at this uh, sort of pandemic so it's uh, yeah Good, good, good stuff indeed. Yeah. Are, are, you, st- are you still there, Ian? I am. Uh, so Ian, sorry, Ian, you. don't wait. Sorry, I do put Ian. Um, I, I thought Stephen. I, I, you know, I thought. I thought. I thought I'd lost you then. <laughs> I, well, I, ju- I just dropped my book. That's no, <laughs> it's fine. Do you know? I'll look in because I'm not actually. Um, I know it's going out on Drystone Radio. We're, we're there's not. We're not all back into the main. Um, radio studios. I'm, I'm actually broadcasting from my own studio in, in Silsden. And, and when I was saying, I, I still wait, Stephen. I'm, I'm going to do a ground control to Major Tom because I was talking, I was looking at all the things that on my screen, thinking, am I still connected? So, <laughs> so I had a little bit. I'm just looking at the at the time. What we could sneak in, if you, it's up to you, uh, Stephen. If you, if you do have a short one, we could we could fit in brilliant. A short third one would just round things off brilliant Great. Well, this is by Maurice Rutherford yes and uh, it's a, it, it, I think it's a lovely little cracker it's got just simply called coronavirus mm-hmm. I'm now grown old and have no hair to comb no wife to chide me when I fall asleep the over 70s should stay at home we are told I'm in my 90s in them deep so where does that place me should I be caged handcuffed and ostracised for having aged please watch the Covid updates on TV and warn me of the fate in store for me. Brilliant! I just and and that, is that from the is that from the, the gentleman at ninety eight or ninety six? Did you say there's two? He's he's ninety eight. He's ninety eight. Yeah, yeah. I mean that is just it, it's it's just in my eyes. You know, it's just sort of so simply written, but but yet so sort of powerful in reference to like you know it, over seventy it, and it, it, and it, no it, wife. It, it, sadly, you know, we don't. It just sums everything up. You know, it it's, does. Um, it does. There's, there's so much in it. It's, it's written in that mm. conversational style. Yes. It is really clever. Yeah, like you say, it could be a couple of old blokes. It could be a couple of old blokes in a pub. It could be a couple of, couple of lads outside having, having, having a bag of chips or just sat on a park bench discussing life. But it's just so deep and meaningful. But it's, and, it, and it's written, obviously, with you know, not so many words and so simply written, but not... And it's just there, yeah. Good stuff. Ni- 98 years old. Um, yeah, yeah. I know, and I'm just, I'm just taking in the fact, obviously, you know, of being sort of 98 and, and, and writing sort of brilliant, you know, stuff like that. And even a little bit of dark humor in there, you know, um, you know, should I be caged or, you know, it's, it's, it, I think it's good to have that sense of humor. Absolutely. Obviously, if you're 98, I mean, brilliant. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And the, uh, the illustration is, is by his daughter, uh, oh, Jeannie Clark, who is an artist. And in fact, she did, uh, the the sets for our our and pet right uh, so she's uh, she she does these trump lie uh, yes. things and uh, the uh, the big Spanish villa that was in our Saint pet yes uh, yeah. all of the back was not actually the set it was her painting it was her trump lie oh, uh, painting with just one door in it 
It's uh, it's amazing stuff. It, it really is. It's, it's just, it, sorry, go on, Stephen. And then she she's done a wonderful little illustration that, that goes with this, which uh, I can't really describe. People just have to buy the well, book. Well, you've it. plugged it. They'll have to buy the book. And what a small word, because I'm a massive I'm a massive Alvina Zane pet fan. I mean, the first two. Uh, series were brilliant, you know, and they all were, but the first two I think were the best. But small world, really, talking to yourself and a connection to um, Alvina Zane, fact, br- brilliant stuff indeed. Well, sadly, Stephen, we are just getting to the end of of the of the first hour, and I'm going to make a few announcements and put maybe uh, one or two songs in. But I have to say, it's been an absolute pleasure to uh, to, to chat with you. And as I said, I'm talking to Heath round about quarter past eight. Um, so yeah, onwards, onwards and upwards is what I say. Brilliant job. And I'm really hoping for, um, a viral versus two. But before we go, if you quite, I'm quite happy for you to, just to remind people where you can get the book from. Any final words or if you want to say, if you want to acknowledge anyone else that could be tuned in that uh, has contributed to viral versus. So I'll let you have the final word, Stephen. Yeah, probably the one person that I did, uh, that, I, that I should say, uh, that I probably didn't. Uh, myself and Brian have been kind of the, the main executive push mm-hmm. on this. But the, the original creative spark was from from my son uh, Nick Linstead, uh, mm-hmm. and the book is edited by by Nick and myself. Uh, so um, uh, he was a he was a great uh, force for help on it. And I would also say probably uh, you know in, from within York, uh, Professor Kieran Trian, uh, who. Uh, helped to secure some of the um, the startup funding that we needed to be able to get the ball rolling and get everything uh, printed. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she was fantastic. And uh, people can uh, get it. It's published by the Borthwick Press, uh, if anyone wants to look at, um, at their site. Uh, but it, you can – the best place to go is to go straight to our website, uh, which, again, is dot viral-versus.com uh, and there we keep all of the information about the book plus all of the links that you you need uh, to buy a link to Amazon and the link to um, uh, to the um, YDP mm-hmm. it's brilliant. and let's not forget like we, we have, we've had a good little chat and we've been reminiscing a little bit about some old men and and, uh, and people at 98 but let's not forget that possibly the main thing is or is the main thing it's raising money for the NHS in these terrible COVID-19 pandemic times, which is, it is a good cause. Let, let's not get away from that, Stephen, you know, and it's, Absolute, uh, and it's and like you say, 100% profit is all going to the, uh, to the NHS. So brilliant stuff. Anybody tuned in? What are you waiting for? Wait, no, wait while the end of the show and then, then go and buy it. I'm only joking. Um, so, Stephen, as I said, it's been a pleasure. Take care. I'm sure that we'll, we'll keep in touch and hopefully um, all, most of us could make... I'm just a shame, really, that we can't sort of all meet up. It would have been brilliant to uh, maybe hold something at York or York University and, you know, talking via email and telephone and emails, but it's brilliant to meet people in the flesh. So hopefully it might be next year, but it is hopefully it might happen. If, 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 we, if we can get back soon, out there. as soon as it's safe safe to do it uh, we will we will have plans we will definitely try and do something live on this oh. um, and we've, we've certainly got the support of the university to do that uh, mm-hmm. so uh, as soon as we're able to we will make something happen brilliant Stephen take care enjoy the rest of your evening and all the best and 
We will speak soon. Brilliant stuff. Take care, Stephen. Thanks, David. Goodbye for Thanks now. Bye for now. Bye. And that was the brilliant, that was a brilliant Stephen Lindstead, brilliant stuff indeed. But don't forget, I, this, this this afternoon, even in the second hour of the show, I, around about quarter past eight, I'll be talking to um, Heath Common. So what are you waiting for while you are listening to another episode of The Writer's Bookshelf? What should you be doing? Well, you need to get your phone out and you can multitask and you need to get on the Viral Versus website, and you need to order the copy. £14.99, and all profits are going, and I do mean all profits, are going to the NHS. The news headlines are coming up on the hour of 8 o'clock, around about quarter past 8. I'll be talking to another brilliantly creative person, and a man that he inspires, he's very supportive, he's a good friend of mine, yours, and of course the writer's bookshelf. It is none other than Heath Coleman. So stay tuned for that. And I've got a brilliant song taking us back to the 80s, and that's going to take us right up to the news headlines. I haven't played this one in a while, but I fancy a little bit of Culture Club. And this one is Karma Chameleon.
Take a look at some of the headlines on the hour of 8 o'clock. New Covid restrictions could last six months, the Prime Minister says. Increased fines for rule breakers and limits on wedding numbers are among the new measures in England. Ban on meeting in houses extended across Scotland. Nicola Sturgeon says visiting other people's homes will no longer be allowed as part of efforts to slow down the virus. Pubs in Wales to close at 10pm from Thursday. Pubs will be forced to close early every night in a bid to tackle the rising rate of coronavirus. Schools sending pupils home quadruple in a week. School attendance figures for England show big rise in pupils sent home because of COVID-19 incidents. The Bank of England boss calls for furlough rethink. Governor Andrew Bailey suggests that some sectors may benefit from further targeted help. And US coronavirus death toll passes 200,000 people. The US is the worst hit country in the world and cases are still continuing to rise according to data. And we'll just take a quick look at some of the headlines making the Craven Herald. A mum has said she'll pay back the full amount of £65,000 her son stole from his employer. Residents put in hundreds of tonnes of waste in the wrong bins. Craven councillor David Pighills is disqualified from authority for failing to attend a meeting for six months. And Skipton MP Julian Smith pays a visit to coach companies, coach company Bibby's of Ingleton. And those are just a few of the headlines, both nationally and locally. From the heart of your community. Drystone Radio. David Driver. Drystone Radio. Standing right before the gates of purgatory 
finally found my way home. basket of light coming in the spring a gift from the spirits of Albion the Bohemians the Vagabonds for Skipton, Connolly and Sutton we are Drystone Radio 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 Fly 
stuff indeed by Mr Heathcombe and that was Anita Pallenberg and we opened up with Mixenden I'm Coming Home two fantastic tracks by my good friend and yours Mr Heathcombe and in about five minutes time I will be talking live to the great man himself but welcome back first and foremost to the second welcome back to the middle hour of the writer's bookshelf and another thanks to my first guest of the evening the brilliant Mr Stephen Lynn Stead, you tuned in to Drystone Radio. I am, of course, Mr. David Driver, and the first two hours is all about viral verses. A brilliant, brilliant new po- poetry collection, poetry anthology. It's been available as from today, Tuesday, the 22nd of September. All profits, all profits made are going directly to the NHS. Good stuff. Indeed. So what are you waiting for, listeners? Get yourself out there and buy it. What's it all about? There are over 50 poets ranging from 16 to 98. That's right, ages 16 right up to 98 years of age. Over 50 poets and over 30 artists. Some brilliant, brilliant poems indeed with some equally brilliant artwork. And if you have been tuned in since 7 o'clock, you will know 
that Stephen has been talking about how brilliant the book cover is. And you might have seen, I'm sure that some of you have seen my posts and along with Heath and a few others. So get out there and get it bought. Okay, we've kicked off with back-to-back tracks, literally, from Mr. Heath Common. And as I said, he's coming right up after a little bit of Mr. Ian Jory and the Blockheads. And probably best known, one of his most favourite songs is Hit Me With Your Rhythm Stick. In the deserts of Sudan And the gardens of Japan to Yucatan Every woman's Every man Hit me with your rhythm stick Hit me, hit me Shitado, ich liebe dich Hit me, hit me, hit me Hit me with your rhythm stick Hit me slowly Hit me quick Hit me Listeners, I'm just going to fade that out because Mr. Ian Jury, hit me with your rhythm stick, is going to be turned down. And for the second time, the magic powers, if I turn up this little button here and I say to all, to, to the person at the other end of the phone, good evening, Mr. Heath Common, how are you? He will reply, I'm fine, David. Are you there, Mr. Common? Are you there or have you disappeared, sir? He's not there. I cannot. Can you hear me now, Heath? Oh, he's not. It's not working. Let me try again. Goodness, this is this is live on air. Heath, come and can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you, David. Brilliant. Yes, I do apologise because I uh, I think I might have a gremlin in the system, and and, and uh, obviously, as you know, I'm not broadcasting from from the main studio, and I don't know what it is. Sometimes I have to plug the mobile connection in twice. So anyway, 
We are here now. How are you doing, sir? You, you are beaming in direct from sunny Harrogate, yes? Yeah, I'm doing fantastic. How are you, man, mate? I am doing fine, as you know. We have been speaking quite on a regular basis, and today's Tuesday, the 22nd of September, and what do we share in common? Little pun there. 22nd is we both feature in the new brilliant anthology, Viral Verses. So that's what we're going that's to talk right. about, Heath, and share some of your um, wonderful work. You Obviously, I know you've been tuned in and you've been listening to what Stephen's been saying, but what I want to ask you, um, Heath, is what, what's your take on, because you have been involved, obviously, in music, singing, songwriting and poetry for uh, uh, many, many years now, a number of years, and... Why do you think, same sort of question really, people seem to connect with music, songs and poetry. So what? What? why do you think that people, uh, or a lot more people, are turning to poetry um, in these strange times? Is it just human nature to express yourself or are we people of the moment? What's your take on that, Heath? Right, well, the word that springs to mind in trying to answer your excellent question, David, uh, the word is healing. Mm -hmm. There is a healing to be achieved, not just through poetry, but through art forms like music and art, painting. You know, this is the great thing about the creative process that we possess as human beings. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it distinguishes us, to be honest, that we can create these beautiful things via poetry, via music, via painting, and that process then often aids help and healing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think it's a perfect medium, is poetry. And I'm so glad that Stephen Linstead has chosen to put this anthology together because I think poetry is a wonderful medium of healing in these dark, troubled times. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, that is, it's, and, and also it brings together the, the, like you said, the poetry and and the uh, and and the pictures, and it's all. I think in a past conversation you said that poetry is sort of 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 the moment, and whether that is, um, if it, if it is sort of in the fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties, there's always something in in a particular decade or a particular time that I, I think brings out the best in uh, in human beings, and I think the sort of human race can adapt. And move forward, and we both know that the um, that the uh, pandemic has caused all the sort of live events and the open mics to uh, to be put on hold. So, what a fantastic way um, to to sort to to, uh, to connect. So, what, what, now you know you you have obviously seen the PDF copy just like myself, and we've been talking about the the artwork. What did you think? I mean. I'm probably right in saying you had no input whatsoever with the fabulous um, artwork that goes with your poems in particular. What did you think, Heath, when you first saw them? Fantastic interpretations of your uh, of your work. Would you agree? Yes, indeed. You know, I mean, it's easy to exaggerate and to make out things were hugely impressive when, in fact, they weren't. But on this occasion, I'm not going to exaggerate because they're genuinely excellent. I mean, just to recap here, David, uh, what happened was, was that Stephen, who you had featured on your programme a few moments ago, yes. Stephen came to me and he'd come across some of my poetry and he, he said he was very impressed with what, well, he didn't say he was very impressed, he said he really liked 
one poem in particular, Four O'Clock on Powys Square, mm -hmm. and he explained how he was seeking to combine poetry and art through the book. I'm not going to bore your listeners by retelling what Stephen's already told them, but I was intrigued by him saying, you know, we could. I think we could put a really good image together to suit your poem, Four O'Clock on Powys Square. Mm -hmm. And when I look at what has been achieved with that image, I think it's superb. I think all of the images that have been conjured up in the book are absolutely pertinent to each of the respective poems that they illustrate, you know. In mm -hmm. fact, I'm sure you'd agree. And I'll tell you this, with typical humility, David, tonight, you haven't mentioned your good self. Well, I... In, yeah, 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 well, let's not get daft about this. You're included in the volume as well. I am because indeed. Of the, because of the impact that your poetry, as it often does, you know, almost invariably does, because of the impact mm -hmm. that it's had on the people who are choosing great poets from the Yorkshire and Northern regions to feature. Mm -hmm. and I, I'm mentioning your contributions, David, because I think the illustrations that accompany your poems are equally excellent. Aren't you impressed I, with them? Too? I am. I am. In, I am indeed. It's very kind of you to, uh, to you know, to, to say that. It's uh, and as you say, it's, it's yeah, always. You owe me money. <laughs> you owe me money. I, I paid you. I paid you back your one pound seventy five, and I bought you a packet of <laughs> and I bought you a packet of custard creams as well. So we're even. <laughs> No, you I, I, must be professional. <laughs> in fact, if, if you play cards right, it could be as Bruce Orthwell used to say, I'll, "I'll get you a packet of uh, chocolate obnobs." No, you you have to say. I mean, when I was uh, invited along by your good self, obviously I was really gobsmacked. I couldn't believe it. And when I found out again that the po the um, artwork or the poems, should I say, were going to uh, feature the artwork, it just absolutely amazing. And then speaking to yourself, and then obviously. Um, Stephen, in, in, in the first hour. Um, yeah. He just conjures everything up. He just give another sort of dimension to, to your work because yeah. you've yeah. got images, other people have images, and then you look at that, the, the, the actual artwork, and it just sums everything up. So, you know, I'm really, I am really pleased with the, uh, with the artwork as, you know, it's, it's, good uh, lad. it's good stuff. Well, you see, yeah, I mean, good lad. You, you have to be, you have, you, you have to be a good lad in these times, hey, don't you? You've it got. You, you've you have got, to be positive. You've got, you have to be positive, David. Being serious, you have to be positive. Mm -hmm. And I don't lose sight of the fact that you invariably are, and you have such a great impact through your positivity. I'm being serious, mate. Yes. On so many different people, you do, and I've told you that before. Yeah, do It's I, a great credit to you, mate. Thank you. It, it, it's no, so, can I get that tenner back, please? <laughs> it goes up. <laughs> it goes up every time with you. No, no wonder. No wonder you are one of the richest men in Harrogate, now, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you have many sort of creative outlets, Heath, and, and obviously probably fair to say that one of your main outlets is, is the music. So how has, um, and obviously we've talked in the past about you working skills, been a, been a deputy head and stuff like that, but, uh, I think you've moved on to, uh, the sort of everyday work that I seem to do and you've been, you've been, uh, enjoying, enjoying life, shall we say. So how, how, how have you been, um, keeping yourself busy because I do believe you might have um, a couple of new new tracks out I played a couple of tracks at the, at the start of the show but uh, and I think you've been sneaking in and out of the studio how, how have you been keeping yourself busy um, for, for the past sort of six month life, you know to keep that creative right. um, the creative juices flowing yeah. shall we say yeah 
Well, there's two answers to that question, David. Number one is, and I'll just um, develop what you mentioned a moment ago. Yes. Yeah, there are two of my poems, my lyrics, whatever you want to call them, yes. uh, featured in this book. And obviously that's taken up a bit of time mm -hmm. in that I was asked to plug the book as much as I possibly could. Mm -hmm. Because it's on behalf of the NHS, as we all know, I spent a lot of time dedicating myself to plugging the book as much as I can through newspapers, through magazines, TV channels, radio stations like this. Brilliant. And I know you've been doing very much the same. That's what, why we met together in Harrogate on Sunday. Yes. But uh, we both know what happened on that occasion and all the positive things that have come out of that. And I'll talk about that later on. However, the second thing I've been involved in, uh, David, which might be of interest to people, is that I've been working with a chap, chap, chap excuse me, called John Hardy, Mm -hmm. writing a musical about Kia Hardy, who started the Labour Party way, way back in the early 1900s. And uh, we've been putting the tracks together at Fairview Studios in Hull with one of the greatest studio engineers in this country, John Spence. He's worked with Bill Nelson, Beautiful South, Def mm -hmm. Leppard in the past, so many great bands, and we just hold him in such high esteem. So that's been a really exciting venture on our behalf. That's me and John Hardy. And when you say, what have you been up to during lockdown? Well, because it's a relatively small studio at Fairview, excuse me, Fairview Studios in Hull, we've been able to isolate and yet work um, in safe conditions and generate what I consider to be some really good tracks and hopefully when this all goes away, David, the musical will come together and people will feel happy to come along and enjoy it. I hope that's the answer to your question. It now. is, it is, it is indeed, it is, it is indeed. So let's get down now to the nitty gritty because I know we have a little bit of a laugh and we both, which is good. It's, I like my little chats with you, Heath, but let's share some of your wonderful, uh, Poetry. I think if I have you, I think you your two poems in there, Heath. Have you? Is it three? It's two yeah, poems. Yeah, I've got two poems. Yeah. So maybe, maybe you could share those with us now. If or you what, could, you, it, you want me to read one? Yeah. Uh, you could read one of your wonderful poems if you want, and I mean, you could tell us a little bit about it or read it first. It's entirely up to you, yeah, Heath. No, no, no. Right. Well, first of all, if I'm going to read it live on air, David. Yes. The ten pound that you owe me is now going up to fifty. Oh, put it on my no, 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 no. put it on my account. We're talking business here. This is Dragon's <laughs> Den. So we're going from ten to fifteen. If I can just make that clear before I start reading the poem. Right. This is called When the Dog Bites the Monkey. I'm being serious because it's a very subject very serious subject at this time. It's about the way people will even really nice, compliant people as the vast majority of this country tend to be how they can become very agitated because they feel they've been lied to or conned or manipulated. You know, I'm not going to be cynical about the government because in many ways they've done a very good job. But And I'm not going to mention specific incidents, but I think everybody will know what I'm talking about, mm -hmm. where you're told to not do this, not do that, not do the other, and then you discover that a senior member of the government, an advisor, has done absolutely the opposite and betrayed 
will be tried the country, quite mm-hmm. frankly. I'll say no more. I'll just read the poem. Yes. You're right, mate. I'm fine. Away you go. When the dog bites the monkey. When the dog bites the monkey, you got to wonder what's going to happen next. See, the dog's normally so placid. It's the most obedient of all the pets. But the monkey's always got to push it just to see how far he can go. Well, the dancing's gone too far now, so he's got to go. And when the dog bites the hand that feeds him and the blood begins to flow and the dog holds on to the hand in his mouth when normally he'd be inclined to let go, you've got to wonder, is this the end of the beginning or is the start of something else? I don't know, but I'm worried just the same. Now, I'm not suggesting revolution, and I'm not suggesting fighting in the streets. I don't know, but I mean whoever does know about these things. But I ask you, just how much more teasing can that poor damn dog take before he snaps and he howls and he finally stands up for himself and he declares, in the spirit of the people, this dog's not going to stand for any more. Now, I'm normally well-behaved, and I usually accept everything you say. But you keep pushing and snapping and pulling at my tail and winding me up each and every day. And God damn it, none of your dodgy expenses claims. No more of your rigid inspections, your stupid judgments. No more of your compulsory redundancies. As a sunny boy Williamson once said, don't start me talking, because I'll tell everything I know. Now talk some sense, man, and do the right thing. Oh, yes. You know you know that I like that one. And uh, I think it's very of... It's of the moment, like you say, I think it's a burning question is sort of how far can you, um, how far can you push the masses, shall we say? And it's obviously since March, the last six months, has it's just turned into a, a boiling pot, really. He's, you know, as you know, a, a powder keg. So, what, 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 where, how do you see the sort of the next sort of six months going? What, what would you hope to see, um, in the next six months or even from now till sort of Christmas because who, who could have predicted I mean, both you and I and, and John you mentioned the brilliant John Hardy and, and we were working on a on a few little minor projects but it's just scuppered everyone and people are on lockdown and you can't do this you can't do that what, what would you hope to sort of see if if you if you were if you were in charge Heath, what would happen what, how, how do you think we can help the public now right sure Well, I think the essential element in all of this as we look towards the future, David, is faith. You know, Mm -hmm. as an adolescent, as a teenager, I was well into the northern soul scene. And as many people will know, we had this wonderful phrase, keep the faith. And I believe that's the key. Those are the key words at this moment in time. That if you can retain a faith, if you can have a faith, and believe that there is some light at the end of a tunnel, mm-hmm. for want of a better cliche, then it'll get us through all this. But increasingly, 
and I feel this very strongly, and it's certainly not a criticism of people at all, mm-hmm. but increasingly I find there are very dark days for so many people in this country mm-hmm. who are struggling now to cope and to contemplate what the future might hold for them individually. Mm-hmm. And it's easy for me to sit here this evening talking on the radio, but if you can have some faith, if you can have some faith and use that faith as an element of strength to enable you to go forward, then that, I think, will be a key for the future. Mm-hmm. Just believe in yourself, believe in the power of goodness, and keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. That's it. That Brilliant. And another another. Yeah, uh, question for you. I know you like these questions that I give you. You've you've already said you've already told us before on the, on past interviews. You've worked for a number of years in education, so you know how the uh, educational system works. And obviously, we're here. We're talking about viral verses. We've been talking talking to yourself now. We've been talking to Stephen, and we're talking about you've been talking about faith and hope, and uh, we're expressing yourself. And it seems to me that in lockdown. People are turning to the arts, so people are turning to poetry, short stories, um, telling stories, possibly like on the world storytelling page, writing songs, and music brings people together, people are listening to the words. But on the curriculum, and I do mean that in a, in a really broadest spectrum ever, on this sort of so-called educational curriculum, a lot of that has been sort of chopped. So do you think it is about time um, that the government realised this, and that, like you said, that faith and that feel-good factor. Do, do you think that the educational sort of curriculum needs to change, and it's not all about um, percentages and tests and, and getting to the top of the tree? Do, do you think we need more of this creativity in the schools? Undoubtedly. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you, I just um, adopt an angle on what you just asked me, David. Mm-hmm. Um, as somebody who spent 35, 36 years in British secondary schools and eventually ended up as a secondary school head teacher in inner city Manchester, as you know, mm-hmm. I'd like to think I talk with some informed authority, and I'll say this, that the most effective way of educating young people, the most effective way mm-hmm. of inspiring them. In my experience, I'm not telling you this is fact, I'm just saying it from my experience, is through the telling of stories. Mm-hmm. Now, if you think back to your time in school, David, yes, and certainly this applies to me, the most effective teachers in terms of generating learning were they who were able to tell stories mm-hmm. which illustrated the subject matter that they were seeking to communicate to us. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. So that if a teacher was talking about, I don't know, in an English lesson about something that had happened in the book that we happened to be reading, and he told an anecdote of something that had happened to him or her in their own life, say a night out, uh, in a nightclub the previous week, you know, you were always intrigued, thinking, flipping heck, he has an exciting life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yes. And I think, I think the the new curriculum, the one that's being introduced by Gove and his compatriots, Michael Gove, I'm on about, mm-hmm. I think it's incredibly restrictive. And it certainly mm-hmm. fails to allow 
that culture, I'll call it the culture of telling stories and fun and humour and teachers in the classroom being human and being the people that you meet in the street or in the football grounds on a Saturday afternoon. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean I, I'm on Facebook myself. This isn't a boast. It's certainly not a boast, but I'm on Facebook. And I must have, I must have about... Well, about a thousand friends on Facebook as a former pupils of mine. I'm Brilliant. just a complete idiot. But I'd like to think that they've become friends or were friends from school days onwards because I'm just an ordinary person in the street. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. Now, we mustn't lose that human edge to education, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. We must strive to be realistic, that's the word I'm searching for, to be realistic about life and about the purpose and joys of life too. That's what I think about your question, David. Mm-hmm. And, and also, um, and I think we might have touched on this um, in, in, our, in our past conversations, but it, do you think it's probably time where you look at many high streets, you're not just in the north, and we've obviously been predominantly talking about Yorkshire and, and the north, there's so many um buildings closed down you walk down the high street it's either a bank or a pound shop or a takeaway do, do you think it's also time the government sort of started investing because you are obviously a man of music you talk fondly of the rolling stones you talk about all the fantastic blues artists of, of the 60s and possibly the late 50s you've got the punk in the 70s new romantics and it goes on and on and on do you think in a way that because there's, there's, there's a lack in a lot of respects, and especially in a lot of the northern towns, a lack of of music venues. Do you think some of these empty buildings now need to be opened up and and give music back to the uh, you know the the younger generations? Because you will remember, and and I do certainly sixties, seventies, and eighties and nineties. How many sort of pubs and clubs could you go to and watch a live band? Do you think that need, you know? Do you think that we need they need to invest in that as well, Heath? Well, I think. The subtext to what you've just asked me, David, is that um, should we go back and try to recreate once one, what once was? You've just given several examples there of what once was. Yes. And the thing is, I think we've got to realise that things move on in life. You know, mm-hmm. but when I was born... Um, the old forms of entertainment where I'm from in Normanton and Wakefield mm-hmm. were the music halls, the theatres and the cinemas. And mm-hmm. I remember as a young boy in the late 50s, they were all disappearing because this newfangled invention had come on board called the television. Mm-hmm. And everybody was panicking. They were panicking. Yes. Uh, they were panicking about television like we panic now. I'm talking about people in general, about the effects of Amazon. But mm. the world moves on. You know, yes. And just after I'd retired from being a head teacher, uh, I, and I'm no smart man at all, but I was thinking this thing that's been invented, the um, Spotify and downloading, it is going to change music forever. And by goodness me, it has as well. You know, you, uh, the music industry as a money-making exercise has been destroyed, mm-hmm. but I believe only temporarily, because whilst things change catastrophically as they have done, 
something else will come in to replace it. Because mm-hmm. people, this takes me back to your first question this evening, David. People, human beings can't live without creative media like art, music, mm-hmm. poetry, you know, all of those media. We can't live without them, otherwise our lives just become so dark and pointless. Mm-hmm. So something will be generated at a street level, what we call the guerrilla, not gorilla, but the guerrilla yes. you know, um, staging of gigs and of dramatic performances in people's back gardens or on Heathland, I don't know where, but something will come forward and a new culture will be created. Mm-hmm. My goodness me, we're talking serious tonight, aren't we? We are. It's the thought of owing you £15. I'm, I'm getting a bit worried. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, so it's probably fair to say that the yeah. you know um, it, it, it's how sort of things I can't really say or possibly how, how things are managed or what you allow the younger generation to do and naturally develop because it, what I'm sort of getting from that some people might say and I probably might have suggested it has technology got too big a influence or has it been has it gone too far and 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 the sort of vibe i'm getting is that no it hasn't because as a human race we're always adapting overcoming and as you said people are on zoom people having garden um filming stuff in the garden so the creativity is still there but i think we've sort of both agreed that i think a little bit more freedom needs to be given sort of within within the schools and and just let people be creative and and not be Restricted? Do you think that's a fair sort of comment, Heath? You know, let the yeah, cre- yeah, I do. I think I think governments. I don't want to get too heavy about no. this, but I think governments fear creativity and they fear mm. creative people. You know, the Nazis obviously feared creativity. That's why they burned books on mass. Those huge bonfires that they'd have in yes. German cities in the early thirties. Uh, and intellectuals, I'm being deadly serious, I wouldn't be facetious about this, intellectuals were rounded up along with ethnic minorities and shot mm-hmm. because governments will always fear, oh, no, 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 no let, let, let me be absolutely specific. Many governments will fear creativity and creative people, not all governments. And because of their fear of those people, of those media, they deal with it in very, very violent, suppressive ways. Mm -hmm. But what I've said to you on a more positive note tonight is, you can do all that, but you will not kill the human spirit. Mm -hmm. The creativity generated by the human spirit, that will always burn. You know, the lotus will always rise from the flames. Mm -hmm. You'll never get rid of it. And it's fascinating to watch how the creative process takes many different forms once it's suppressed. Mm-hmm. And it probably it, it probably might be a, uh, fair to say that when when you are oppressed or suppressed and all these sort of negative things that that can be uh, imposed, creativity can be a, can be at its best. You can create the best poetry. You can create the best music. And just going, go, let's go back to the uh, the viral verses. I mean, what fantastic poetry is in there? And it, you you have been um, tuned in, Heath. I mean, what a wonderful poem from the ninety eight year old gentleman that yeah, uh, summed it up. I mean, it, it, 
like you said, from 16 right through to 98, there's got to be sort of some hope or more than hope there if you can take the teenager at 16 and take a, a, a lovely gentleman at 98, um, who's obviously yeah. lived such a wonderful life, and all the, and, 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 and taking a little bit of a, a dark sort of sense of humour by putting lines in like, what shall I do? Will you put me in a cage and throw me to the lions? It's just, so, so you're bringing out the, uh, you're bringing out the best, but the creativity seems to be the, uh, the healer. So, well, generally speaking, David, adversity generates and creates mm-hmm. art. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's almost always the case, that in times of real darkness, mm-hmm. wonderful art emerges from it. I don't know quite how that happens. But it seems to happen invariably. It's a fascinating process. Mm-hmm. It could it could be that the the human mind takes you to, um, and we, I think we've said before, if you read a book or write a book, write poetry, obviously making music like yourself, um, it, it's in a way art can art is an escapism. And if you are, if you're going to work, if you've got the daily grind, you go to a better place through your creativity. So you could argue the case that, obviously, in these COVID-19 times, people go to better places in the mind and it brings out the best in them. Yeah, I'm going to go back to that word I used mm-hmm. at the very beginning of this interview, David. Yes. Healing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Great art has this wonderful ability to heal to heal adversity, mm-hmm. conflict, and pain. Mm-hmm. And long may it exist mm-hmm. through that medium. It's brilliant. Now, you, again, I asked Stephen this, I asked him about the book cover. Let's just have your take on, because I know you've been, obviously, with, with your music, and we've spoken about your good friend, uh, Patrick Wise, I think it is, who does a lot of your, or yeah, all of your Patrick. artwork. And, and we were, me and Stephen were talking about, or just say Stephen was saying how we brought together the artists and, and the, uh, and the poets. And in a way, you have, you've done that through your music and, and Patrick's, uh, produced some wonderful, um, artwork. And I, I think he's brilliant. We were, in fact, we we're, we're talking about that on Sunday and, and looking at a few, um, a few of his, of his past works. Um, what, what's your take on the, cause I, I'm telling everybody and you agree. What's your take on the book cover for viral verses? What a striking, um, book cover. What do you think of, what do you think of it, Heath? I think it's superb and I was intrigued to hear how it had come to light, i.e. Mm-hmm. Stephen being presented with some photos taken in Venice, when was it, 20 years ago? Yeah, and, I think, uh, yeah, and just sat the there. <laughs> Absolutely, well, it's in the image, it's on the front cover, and indeed, it was the first one that was shown to him by Brian, his colleague. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, I'm not going to retell the story because <laughs> Stephen told it earlier on this yeah. evening. But in answer to your question, I think it's excellent. Now. Yeah, I think it's fortuitous Two- that that was presented to him as the first question of what. Two thousand. Yeah, can I just say some words about Patrick, if you don't mind? You can. You, you can yeah, do because it, yeah. Please, please tell us a bit more yeah, well, about Patrick. Brilliant well, artist. Well, uh, I mean, all of the albums which I've, all of the music I've recorded in the last ten or fifteen years has featured Patrick's artwork on the cover because I just think he's an exceptional talent. You're not, well, you're by far not the first to kindly say mm-hmm. how impressed you are with his material, but I just think he's exceptional. And uh, the sooner he gets a wider audience, he's got a blooming big audience now. 
But mm-hmm. the sooner it gets a wider audience, the better, in my opinion. I think lots of people will be astonished at the phenomenon that is Patrick Wise once they come across his artwork. I just wanted to say that, David. No, that's that's, and I think that Stephen made a valid point. I mean, it might be a, a way forward. Um, I don't know if if uh, if you and I might might talk a little bit further. It's brilliant how the poets and and the artists have uh, have been able to come together. So maybe that um, I don't know how sort of Patrick would feel um, to come together with uh, with some of the poets, you know, to interpret. Cause I, I think it's a brilliant idea. If and, and vice versa, if you had some some artwork and the poets put obviously words to it and then the the artist put some put some artwork obviously to to the words so you know it's uh, I, I think it's good it's good in, in that respect and i have to also add that uh, it's brilliant artwork by patrick but also a bit unusual that's what i like about it it's not it, it's not the um it's not the well i don't want to use that phrase but i'll have to do because i can't think of anything else at this time of night um it's not the run of the mill sort of artwork is it it's really Absolutely you've got to keep not. looking at it Sort of yeah, time and know, time and time nice. again. Yeah, genuinely brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say this: that Stephen has been kind enough to say he's going to help promote this new download single from me, which features the two poems with musical accompaniment, mm-hmm. uh, as you know, David. And on the front cover of the download single are paintings yet again from our friend Patrick Wise. So. Mm-hmm. Stephen will come into contact with the word, with the work, to excuse me, of Patrick Wise, and hopefully he'll be sufficiently impressed to think, well, if there is an opportunity in the future to combine this chap's work with outstanding poetry, then by goodness me, I'm going to seize that opportunity. Brilliant, brilliant. We've only got a two, two more things to talk about. People are tuned in, and we're here to, obviously... Um, promote the viral verses so why come on Heath tell them now why should people not only it's for a fantastic cause the NHS and what what do you think then that the people will get people going in there and purchasing the viral verses poultry and artwork collection give it a plug sure. Heath what, what, what will people well, get well, from I, the I book think, sure well let's let's say however daft it might sound let's say that the raising money for the NHS goes without saying, so I won't go on about that yet again this evening. I will say this, David, that I don't know quite how Stephen and Andrew have managed to attract the level of poets, internationally renowned poets that they have, but they've just done a magnificent job attracting these people. Yes. Ralph McTell, Mike Harding, you know, I mean... There's an incredible list. I'm not going to list them. There must be 20 or 30 poets there of international renown. Mm -hmm. And when I got the first draft of the book and looked through the anthology itself, I was astonished at the level of creativity and talent that exists on those pages. And I felt when I'd read through the book, because I read through it twice, on a wonderful summer's afternoon that we had on that day here in Harrogate, I thought, what a great collection of poems that is, and how well balanced it is. And I said to my wife, Honor, I said, you know, I've never been so thrilled by a book of poetry since I first read 
the Liverpool Poets as a teenager. You know, Roger McGough, Brian Patton, and Adrian Henry. I don't know if you remember those guys, David. Mm-hmm. But that book had such a massive impact on me in the 60s, the Liverpool Poets, the Mersey Poets. You know, and I think if people want a level of healing and a level of inspiration, then I would encourage them to purchase this volume. Mm-hmm. And please, God, it has the same effect on them that it had on me in that recent summer afternoon. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. I, could, I don't think I could have put that better myself, Phil, because you know, there's no point in talking about the COVID-19 pandemic and the effect, the devastating effect it's had on many, many people. But as exactly. you have fondly said, using the word healing, if you want a little bit of healing, a little bit of comfort, and, and hope, well, and draw some good from life and from 2020, then, as we already said, we've got people aged from 16 right up to 98, and there's some funny poems and poems that do rhyme, be more serious. There's got to be a poem for everyone in there, and I'd be absolutely gobsmacked if you can't find a poem in this collection that you cannot collect with, uh, connect with. A sorry. poem and more, yeah, a poem and many more as well, I would argue. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, magical words from the magical man of Silsden. Oh, it's good stuff. Well, he's sadly, and I do mean sadly, but I know that we, we're always in contact and, uh, and, and, you know, we've got a good friendship going, which is absolutely brilliant. Sadly, it's ju- I've got to put a few more tracks in and the headlines are coming up at, um, at nine o'clock. But just remind us, obviously we're plugging the book. But just remind us again, because you've got some great fans, great people of, of Drystone Radio. Um, so just in the final, just remind us about the about the two the two new songs. When when will they be um, available? Heath? Are they not available at the moment? They're very very close to it. Are we for the download yeah, of the new our songs? Our friend, our friend, that's your friend and my friend. Yes, Nick Dart. Oh yes, Nick Dart. He's working on it right now. Uh, with the record company for whom I record, the brilliant record company, High Fed Records. Yes. They're working on it right now, and he told me today in a text that it should be ready by Poetry Day on October the 1st. And if you do download the two tracks, all the profits will go to the NHS alongside the Virus Versus book itself. So two great initiatives running side by side, before I go, David, I've got to say thanks ever so much, mate, yet mm-hmm. again, for inviting me onto your great programme. I do appreciate it. It's, really, it's, it's always a pleasure. And I, and I have to say, you have been very supportive since we sort of first met. And, you know, you get on board and give me a little bit of uh, guidance and encouragement. So all I can say is thanks for coming on the show again. We'll catch up soon. And Heath Common, take care and enjoy the rest right, of enjoy the rest of your evening sir and i will catch up soon brilliant stuff yeah, all the best Ros heath, as well. i will do heath take care and we'll speak soon bye for now see you brother see you see later bye bye well listeners that is the brilliant mr heath common and as i said again another fantastic creative person that features in the book the, vi- the viral verses which is available now and you've heard it from the great man himself Within the next week or so, October, the, yeah, around about a week and a half to be precise. Um, October the 1st is two brilliant new tunes and you can download them. And if I speak to him nicely, I may well 
be able to play them on Drystone Radio and give them a plug. Excellent stuff indeed. Goodness, they're just over. Sorry, I, I rephrased that. It's just under five minutes to go. And then we're going up to the headlines at nine o'clock. And just when you think it's all over, how wrong you can be, because we've had Stephen Linstead, we've had the brilliant Heath comment on the show. And who's coming up next, round about quarter past nine, my good friend, Irene Lofthouse. We've had two hours of poetry. We've been promoting the new anthology, Viral Verses. But the next hour, obviously going to be playing some more brilliant music. You might have seen on some of my sites, the Eli24 project is, has been launched. So more of that to come. And my partner in crime, a joke, and we all call ourselves the Dempsey and Make Peace, and we know we've seen in good, in, in all in good faith, to be honest. And this Saturday, and uh, this coming Saturday and the following Saturday, myself and Irene Lofthouse will be will be strolling and strutting around the uh, streets of Silsden. Try saying that when you've uh, when your false teeth have fallen out, strutting and striding around the streets of Silsden with Eli Twenty Four, my home built robot, collecting from all the brilliant copper dealers. Um, information or their thoughts because Bradford has got a little bit of funding over a 10 year program so we need to collate all the information and send it back so get yourself over to Silsden this coming Saturday and the Saturday after but more of that to come in in the third hour of the show and taking us up to the news at 9 o'clock one of my favourite bands from the late 70s but predominantly in the 80s it sucks in the boys and madness, and this one is It Must Be Love. I never thought I'd miss you half as much as I do.
take a look at some of the headlines both nationally and locally on the hour of nine o'clock right here at Drystone Radio. New Covid restrictions could last six months the Prime Minister says increased fines for rule breakers and limits on limits on wedding numbers are among the new measures in England. Ban on meeting in houses extended across Scotland. Nicholas Sturgeon says visiting other people's homes will no longer be allowed as part of efforts to slow down the virus. Pubs in Wales to close at 10pm from Thursday. Pubs will be forced to close early every night in a bid to tackle the rising rate of coronavirus. Schools spending, I do apologise, schools sending pupils home quadruple in a week. School attendance figures for England show big rise in pupils sent home because of COVID-19 incidents. The Bank of England's boss calls for furlough rethink. Governor Andrew Bailey suggests that some sectors may benefit from further targeted help. And the US coronavirus death toll passes 200,000. The US is the worst hit country in the world and cases are still continuing to rise according to data. And we'll just take a look at some of the headlines making the Craven Herald her mum says she'll pay back the £65,000 her son stole from his employer. Residents are putting hundreds of tonnes of waste in the wrong bins. Craven councillor David Pighills is disqualified from authority for failing to attend a meeting for six months. And Skipton MP Julian Smith pays a visit to coach company Bibby's of Ingleton. And those are your headlines. On the hour of nine o'clock. Drystone Radio. Radio. Local and loving it. Listen to us live whenever and wherever. Download the free tuning app for iOS and Android devices and search for Drystone Radio. The Writer's Bookshelf on Drystone Radio. Too much. 
Everything that's good about Craven. Drystone Radio. Radio. From round here, for round here. Drystone Radio.
Welcome back to the Writer's Bookshelf right here, 103.5 FM online, or indeed catching up via the podcast. Another thank you, brilliant interview and a good old chat with Mr. Heath Common and once again, Mr. Stephen Linstead. So we'll just put Viral Verses on the back burner for the time being, but next week I can announce that the one and only, yes, the one and only, Millie Johnson will be chatting to me live on the bookshelf and talking about viral verses again and what poetry has meant to Millie. So please tune in for that one and she'll be returning in October to talk about her new book. But in a moment, in about two, three minutes time, I'm talking to my good friend all the way from the mighty city of Bradford, the brilliant Irene Lofthouse, and she'll be telling you all the nitty-gritty details on where the funding's come from and what, what ideally what we are doing this for in this uh, project that's taking place this coming Saturday and next next Saturday. And it's called, it's, I, I've still called it the Eli24 Project. So myself and Irene will be out on the streets of Silsden from round about half eleven this coming Saturday until about half past two at three o'clock and the following Saturday from about nine o'clock till one o'clock in the afternoon we'll be outside the Sil- outside Silsden Co-op and we are collecting all the information and the robot, the robot Eli24 is about. Just tell you a little bit about Eli24. Eli24 created by David Driver, aka me. And I'm going to tell you a bit more. It says, in a future world, imagination, creativity and inspiration are forbidden. Stories, storytelling, books, pens, paper, radio, keyboards and computers are illegal. They exist only in the darkness. Controlled by the authorities. 
The encyclopedic learning intelligence, one to 200 units, were made to educate the masses. But number 24 malfunctioned, wanting to learn and enjoy rather than educate. Eli 24 travels the universe, collecting stories, poems, songs and all creative ideas in the hope of restoring creative thought and imagination once more for a people who exist only in the darkness. So that's a little bit of fictitious work from myself. So Eli is an abbreviation of an encyclopedic learning intelligence and we're using Eli to take to the streets of Silsden because if Bradford's got a pot of money, the the people of Silsden want it. So all your brilliant creative ideas need to be brought to us. You can fill a form in, you can record on the day or send us an email, and if you want to email with your brilliant ideas, it is eli24silsden at gmail.com. That is a little bit about it. Enough from me, because we're going to take in another song, which will give me chance to ring my good friend Irene, and then we'll be talking a little bit more. I fancy a little bit of Nina Simone, and there she is. No money, ain't got no class, ain't got no good, ain't got no sweater, ain't got no perfume, ain't got no beer, ain't got no mind, ain't got no mother, ain't got no culture, ain't got no friends, ain't got no schooling, ain't got no I am fading out, good old Nina Simone. And why? Because I've got someone a lot better all the way from sunny Bradford. And hopefully this will work. And if I go like this and say, good evening, Irene Loftown. She's on the other end of the phone now. Hello. Oh, hey, it worked. <laughs> and we always laugh because I think you were one of the first people to uh, talk via. In fact, you could have been the first person in, in the Gingerlicious Studios. And I don't think it worked the first time, did it? But uh, we, we, no, we've... But- we're there now. <laughs> we've, we've got it. Right, Irene, I know you've been gadding around the country and we've been seeing a lot of each other. I hope people are not talking. I'm only joking. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's talk. I've, I've given them the, uh, the lowdown on Eli24, but what I want you to tell us is, or the fantastic listeners, just tell us where is the money coming from? Because you and I, you are the driving force behind it. We've joined forces, Dempsey and Makepeace. This Saturday, next Saturday, we're on the streets of Silsden, but it's it's a 10-year programme. Just run us through it as to where we're going to take this information and what can we expect over the next 10 years, Irene? Well, what we have the funding via Bradford Council. Um, they uh, asked for consultations 
in terms of people in residents of Bradford to feedback to the council about what would they like to see in relation to arts, music, the kind of the, what they call, um, and, and many people do like the Arts Council, the cultural offer. Um, and of course that can confuse people because people have many different takes on what the, the word culture actually means. But what we're talking about is arts, creativity, music, things for young people to do, things for families to do, things for older people to do. What is it that people are interested in? And particularly in Silsden, mm -hmm. because one of the reasons we put the bid in was because they've identified that many people in Silsden don't generally get involved in consultations with Bradford, or they certainly don't get a, a lot of responses when they put a consultation out. And of course, you know, being the legend that you are, you know, uh, leg end in your own living room, <laughs> uh, um, you, you're you're on the ground in Silverton and you're doing a lot yes. of creative things. Good stuff. Um, and all, and so it's about what do what are people interested in, what's happening now, what's not happening that used to happen that people are really interested in, and why is it not there anymore? Because sometimes with creative things, as you know, David, mm -hmm. there's somebody that's there that's a driving force, that's got things going, and that happens with sports as well, you know, and, and lots of other things. And then for some reason or other, that person moves on, you know, they they get older and decide, well, I don't have the oomph that I used to have, or, you know, um, if it's a youth group, the youth group grows up and moves on, and there's not other people there to take things forward. So some things may have happened that now don't. Mm -hmm. Or what are the things that are missing? What are the things that residents in Silsden would like to see happening, not only in Silsden, but maybe just down the road in Keithley, you know, across in Staten, but in the Bradford district as a, as a whole, but particularly for those living in, in Silsden. Yes. What are the things that they feel that are barriers towards things happening? You know, is it the cost? Is it that they haven't got anybody to run something? Mm -hmm. um, is it the lack of funding? So basically what this, uh, the culture is our plan, that's the name of the project that Bradford are running, mm -hmm. is um, what is it, what feedback, what comments, what ideas, what suggestions, what advice can folks in Silsden tell us, Eli, 24, you, me, when we're out on those streets, um, what can they tell us so that we can take it back and that yes. that Cobbydaler's voice is actually heard and shared? Because I, like I think it. for a lot of people, that's the difficulty is getting your mm -hmm. voice heard. Yes. So that's why we've put it, together what we've put together. It's brilliant. And, and another point to make is, and, and someone has posted on Silsden Buzz, the good thing is, because it's been a successful bid. We have been, you know, we've been funded, you and I, for a couple of days to get out there. And like you said, not many people, I know sort of subcommittees are formed and people get together, but the good thing is we need to encourage as many people, as you said, on, from sales in comedy dealers, to voice their concerns or their ideas through us, because it is actually going back to, it's not just someone else getting in touch, and it's not just another email, it's funded. So hopefully if we get as many people on board, they, we will feed back, and hopefully something will be done about it. Um, Absolutely, I, th I think the thing. I think the thing is that you know, there, Silsden's uh, one of the places uh, again that's that Bradford Council feel that doesn't give 
uh, isn't involved as much in the consultations. Um, and there are other outline areas who it seems to be similar is to get the whole of Bradford, you, you know, their, their voices heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for those people who feel, well, it all happens in Bradford City Centre, don't they? And we don't get anything <laughs> kind of thing. Um, and you do you do hear that, yeah. you know. And even people, I only live, you know, half a mile out of Bradford City Centre. Mm-hmm. And there are people around me who say exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. All that bit about... How do you find out about it then? Mm-hmm. You know, because that's always the big thing is the marketing, the promoting, etc. Um, but it is to ensure that all of those are fed in to the consultation yes. so that those voices, those ideas, because, you know, people may come up with things, um, as somebody already did on Silverstone Bud about Buzz, about, you know, why haven't we got one of these? Um, I've never heard of it. The, the, you know the um, uh, the thing in the park. Oh, the the the, uh, the skateboard park. Yes, that's big, yeah. right. Yeah, you know. Um, I mean, because I've, I've there's locally to me in my in Peel Park, we've mm-hmm. got um, uh, a BMX track. Right. You know, not used as often as it should be. It was certainly ten years ago. You you couldn't move for people using it, and now. Hardly anybody. Mm. So you ask the question, why is that? You know, yes. and why why does Silden not have one of those, for example? Yeah. You know, um, and it's to explore those reasons why, so we can let Bradford Council know um, that these things did happen. We wouldn't want them to happen, or they've stopped happening because they could happen if, you know. So those those can all be fed in, and I think the. The main thing is, is that if you've got some something, you know, like Eli that's out there, Eli that's a rebel robot, you know, <laughs> he wants to collect stories. He wants to collect creativity. He didn't want it to finish. He didn't want it to end. Like, you know, if we're in all these very strange circumstances yes. at the moment, aren't we, David? Oh, yes. You know, even more stranger at every minute as we speak. In terms of what we can and we can't do, it's, it's um, going absolutely crazy, Harry and Inter. I think is it tonight? Is it, is it, no, it's tomorrow. Is it tomorrow that our prime minister is addressing the nation, or is it Thursday? No, I think no, it's, it's, it's this t- evening. Oh, has this he done? Evening, I've listened to him. Right, I've been on the radio. To him so yeah. that I knew that I'd be as up to date as I could be when I was talking to you, David. And as and, 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 and as informed I've done as ever. <laughs> Are yeah. we more confused after he's spoken, or what, what, what's yeah. happening? Well, I think one of the things is also is some of the local information that's coming out. Like I've looked today, I get the I get the update from Bradford Council um, about business and about general things. And one of the things today is COVID code, and it says no events, do not socialise. Oh goodness! That's that. That is what it says. But it's understanding what that. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. And and obviously for us, we are going to be out. We've already said that we're going to be out with Eli yes. this Saturday, next Saturday. So I've already contacted the council to say, does that constitute an event? Are we mm. still able to do it? Uh, and have we got the green light, Irene? I hope we have got. Well, the green. We, we we won't know till tomorrow because obviously the council they won't respond until tomorrow. Right. But ours is not a, it's not a socialising event. It's no. an event to consult. People oh, are like coming it. to us to have a bop, are they? You know, I mean, you know, we don't want them to. I'd love them to be able to do that because obviously my my nickname at school was Skippy because you can <laughs> music and off I was. <laughs> um, 
and you just have Nina Simone on there while well, I'd have been doing bopping to that, I tell you, because I love Nina Simone. Yeah, I, I thought, actually, I put a bit of Carol Car- Car- Emerald on for you as well. So you, you have been... Ow. You've been tuned there in, you haven't go. you? You said, and, a, yes. and a, little, a little bit of uh, a little bit of Kate Bush. It's all, it's all good stuff. Oh, and as we yeah. speak, he, he's left. El- Elvis hasn't left the building. Eli has left the building. No, you've been in the studio. He's hey, out. Eli, he's out. He's out in the shop windows. It? He's already escaped onto the streets of Silverstein. He's that rebel. He's that rebel. Every, everyone likes a rebel. So if we are successful, and people might be tuned in, catching up via the podcast, and they say it's all good and well. And I think I'm right in saying um, it's a 10-year sort of project. So well, they're, that's what they're, what they're looking at is it's a 10-year plan. Yes. So what Bradford is looking at is what is their plan going to be, their strategic plan in yes. terms of a cultural offer, art, music, uh, things for people to do, craft, creative, etc. over Brilliant. the next 10 years. And that's what they want to create. And so what we want to collect is... Uh, all all the the residents' ideas, people's ideas that can be fed into that plan. Yes. And and to say, look, you know, this is what we want. You've asked us, and this is what we're asking for. So how do we actually affect that? How do we affect that that we can have something that's happening in Silsden? Uh, Perhaps it could be things that are happening in Silsden that can then happen elsewhere, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And... um, Maybe there are things that, you know, might happen uh, down in Keithley so that Silsden can be involved in that and Keithley involved in Silsden as well. Because it's also about having conversations with local areas because obviously when you get in funding, what funders like to know is how many different places is it going to happen in yes. and how many different people are going to see it, you know. So there may be well be things that can be cross-community. Mm-hmm. Um, and if there are things there that, that you know, the Cobbydale has, can think of where that might happen that would be fantastic um but that's going to feed in to bradford's culture is our plan yes for the next 10 years so that they can look at right what do we need to target in terms of funding yep you know so that hopefully there will be some of those ideas that come out or uh, that can be funded directly or right well what we can do is to help you enable you to look at how can you go for funding so that that can happen. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's places like uh, organisations now like Brickbox in Bradford, mm-hmm. uh, which is for the Bradford District, and Bradford Producing Hub, who are there to enable artists and creative people to do training, to look at funding streams, to be yes. able to write funding bids. You know, so it may be, right, we can signpost you because you want to do this in Silverdon, for the chap that said on Silsden Buzz, what about an improv group? Yes. You know, well, we may well be able to help we, you. We can help because you, Because yes. Bradford Producing Hub, for example, has Spare Bob um, stream, which is, have you got something that you want to do? Have you got, you know, something that you'd like to explore or pitch or whatever? Let Tell us about it, see what we can do, and we might be able to su- uh, support you with £500 to enable you to do something, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, and that might be something that could happen in the next two or three months. It all, it, um, it all, so I think the thing is, it's about also linking in Cobbydale as into what's actually happening. I'm, 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 I, I will bet that there will be very few people in Silsden who know about Bradford Producing Hub. Mm. 
It's about it's, it's about sort of connecting, and I think the main point Absolutely. is the more people, the more people that can get out and about on the next two Saturdays. I mean, I look at it this way: the more projects that we can hopefully hopefully get some funding for or spark something, something, even if we just get one project or one idea off the ground, it makes everything worthwhile I read, doesn't it? You know, it's uh, it, it certainly it, does. You know, just yeah. getting I mean obviously more than one, but it, at least it's worth as while if, if you if someone's happy and said, you know, Irene David, you know, you've got that for us, it's brilliant and it could have a knock on effect, you know, as you said, Absolutely. and other people can use it. And I think the other thing is it's it's a part of, you know, when we're out and about, because obviously you're you're mainly based in Sills and I'm in Bradford. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm I'm, you know, linked into quite a lot of different networks and things that are happening. It's also about finding that out because it's that it's that age-old question, isn't it? You know, like if we go back to like getting a job, you know, um, you, you know, can it? Can I have a job? Have you got any experience? No. Well, when you've got some experience, then come and ask if I can get a job. Yeah, but if you give us a job, I can get experience. Easy. Yeah, but you haven't got any. <laughs> you can't have a job. It's a, it's and you a just stress. go round and round and round. Yeah. And it's yeah. also about that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, what well, can I do this? Well, how do I find out about that? You know, where do I find this? Who does this? Who does that? Who does the other? It's very difficult if you don't know where to go or who to ask mm-hmm. to be able to find that information. Um, and and I've been on that journey. I know that. Um, and I think the thing is for for other for areas that are outlying of the main. Bradford area is being able to connect them into that, and 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 likewise being able to connect people, say like me who is in Bradford, with well, what networks are there up the valley then? You know, going out your way to Silsden State and up towards, you know, Skipton Craven, Farnhill, because people in Bradford might not know that. Mm-hmm. So you may be able to effect links and collaborations that people would never have thought of mm-hmm. because they don't have that information. And in, in effect, you, Eli, you know, that's what he's saying, isn't it? He's, let me collect to this yes. so I can share those and other people then will be aware of other things that are happening. Mm-hmm. And get, every, get everyone you know? connected. And, and also, as I said, the more people that get out there, um, and especially in these COVID-19 times, if we can see some light at the end of the tunnel, and vision, exactly. and vision into the future. Hopefully, you know, we spoke the other day about obviously yourself. You're you're performing on many different sort of creative platforms. I've got the open mic. Get that human contact back, and hopefully, get some funding for some new projects. You've got it might be three, six, whatever, so many months down the line. It's going to make it all the better if we can get you know control. Hopefully, secure some funding now. There's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel, Irene, isn't there? It is, it is, and this is about, you know, it'll take them sometimes once we've, you know, discussed things with people and we've got some comments and feedback, we'll be doing that lovely, interesting bit called evaluation. Oh, that's what you're doing. And- I think you signed up for that. <laughs> you said, David, you do, you do a few posts and talk, you, you talk up wireless and I'll do all the, uh, I'll, do, I'll do all the admin stuff. <laughs> no, you don't. We're, we're, we're dividing. Let us know, you know, it's, Know what your skill set is. You know. I, I don't have a skill set. I, I, I don't think I've had any training on uh, on, on giving all. <laughs> 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 but, 
Right. I because mean, I, 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 I did something similar uh, earlier this year with Bradford Producing Hub with a different funding stream, yeah. working particularly looking, uh, talking to young people about what they're looking for. And, and and to to be, you know, totally honest, right at this moment in time, in these strange circumstances, mm-hmm. is, you know, I really, really would hope that we get some comments, et cetera, from young people because mm-hmm. they're the future. Definitely. You know, Definitely. This, this is, all of this is what's going to affect them in the next 10, 20, 30 years, far more than it's going to uh, Mrs. Old Gimmer sitting in the corner here in a high chair. You know, it's Shackleton's, you know. <laughs> Shackleton's um, eye chairs, you're an advert. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, li- um, I like it. Because, they, because they, they, they are, you know, what is it that they'll want, what they want to do, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the project that I did, again, uh, that was that was funded via uh, Bradford Producing Hub mm-hmm. um, and, and other funders, was to feed that back into the cultural plan as well and i know some things have happened with that already um in terms of all the different streams that were funded at the time um how that's then developed the culture is our plan because these things are working together they're not in isolation you know people are talking to each other because again you know you do get a lot of people going oh bradford they don't talk to each other well actually at the moment they are and that's why these things are happening And so it's a good thing. It it may be, like you said, David, that once things are fed in, you know, from these evaluations that that we're doing together, that other groups are doing across the region, that that might take, you know, a few months before anything happens. Yes. Because it doesn't mean to say that everything stopped and everybody's ignored. It means you just have to sit down and look at it and look at where the commonalities are that lots of different places are asking for the same thing and individual places like Silverton might be asking for something very specific. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you've got to have time to reflect on that, to look at where should we look, as you were saying, for funding to be able to do that, mm-hmm. you know. But it doesn't mean to say that something's not happening. And, and, and equally, for creatives like yourself and myself who do a lot – I. I as you know, do a lot of different projects is, well, there might be things that come through that we see and go, well, actually, do you know what? If we worked with you on this, we could put something in for a bid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that might happen a lot quicker. Pe- pe- people people coming together, so there's all different avenues. So what we're saying, Irene, is Absolutely. you need to get off your backside, to put it mildly, dealers, and come and see us. This Saturday exactly. and yes. the and the second Saturday, but now I have another question for you because I've been oh, talking. I've been talking. It's a very balls, it's yeah. an academic question. We've, I've been promoting the viral verses, which is of course available as from today. But I've been talking Fantastic. to I've, I've been talking to Heath Common and I've been talking to Stephen Leinstead, who was the editor or, or the co-editor, should I say, of the brilliant collection. And one of the main things we've been talking about is sort of how important is poetry. But the question to you, Irene, is how, how important is, is uh, poetry and writing and all the sort of creative arts in these strange times? Because what we've all sort of agreed on is... From the schools, it's sort of it's been taken off the curriculum and it's all measured and calculating. But yeah, in these COVID nineteen times, people are turning to the arts because it's because as, as to use Heath Combs' word, um, it's it's a healing 
process. And what we can't sort of understand is he's taken off the menu, but it's the healing process. What are your thoughts on that, Irene? Well, I think the thing is that um, all, all writing, because as, as we all know, the pen is mightier than the sword. Yes. And uh, if you if you poetry and creative writing uh, are very very challenging because you can question, mm-hmm. you can philosophize, you can theorize. You can put hypotheses out there. That's what writing is about. And, and also, not, not, not just writing, but all of those things can be done orally as well. Because mm-hmm. obviously we have to remember that, you know, that was developed, the oracy, before the writing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and, and it questions. Um, and one of the things, and I won't go into the big education debate, um, <laughs> It's definitely, you know, it's STEM and not STEAM because the arts has gone. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those who goes in. I am a writer in residence. I'm a writer in res- I have been a writer in residence at UAK, uh, Keithley, mm-hmm. uh, United Academy. Their anthology is just about to be um, finished. Five primary schools and a secondary school. And I know how much those youngsters have just so, so really cherished mm-hmm. the opportunity to do something to, like that. To just do something creative mm-hmm. where you go, I am not checking your spelling. No, no. Just write. The because thrive. all of that comes at the editing. Yeah. Just write. This yes. is your story. Choose one of these, write mm-hmm. about it. And the thrive. Oh, I, I, don't, I, I can't write. I can't write 500 words. Mm-hmm. I ask you to write 500 words. Write a six-word story. Six words! And I'm not going to check adjectives or adverbs or full stops or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just go for it. Because we need to have that release mm-hmm. to just let us get something down on paper, to just tell a story, to just look at how do we reflect on something. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, and through the, through this period, I've been doing some some poetry workshops I did one with um, uh, Andy Craven Griffiths, um, who's a really well—he's a well-known writer, poet. He's been on the Verb, um, along with that there, and uh, Ian McMillan, that's in that collection that you've got, <laughs> um, and uh, won quite a lot of awards. And his his ones were on kindness. Yes, Could, yes. You know, thinking about kindness, thinking about that healing, like you said, and be kinder to yourself. Because mm-hmm. we're all our harshest critics, you know. Um, but I think the thing with art is, um, how can you, how can you think about uh, innovation if you don't have creative minds? Yeah, true, very all true. All innovation, all about advances, are all about creative minds. Mm-hmm. So if you stop being creative and the things that help you to be creative are art, are music. I mean, music is maths. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't disassociate the two. You know, three, four times, six, you know, your tempos and your, you know, your, um, your quavers and your hemi-demi-semi-quavers, you know, it's all maths. The two go together and you notice that an awful lot of uh, philosophers, 
thinkers, Einstein, etc. You know, a lot of people like that are also into music mm-hmm. because it, because it's divisive. Drawing, painting, etc. Seeing things in a different way by doing your abstract art is what creates something new mm-hmm. because nobody's ever thought about it before. So I I am totally, you know, so passionate as you can tell. I um, know, I know, I know how passionate art, I am. I, th- I think partly it's this. It's a bit like I said about culture, about what's your definition of what that means or what people understand by it. It's the same mm-hmm. with art. People tend to think, you know, high art and things, but art, art is, it can be small. Mm-hmm. It can be a painted stone that you've left somewhere that inspires somebody because they see something. And I'm saying that because I saw one on a walk a few weeks ago just round um, Apple Bridge. I went, well, that's interesting. Somebody's left that there. What inspired them to do that? And then I went off with a load of ideas in my head. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, I think, I think entirely, you know, I've, I've been involved with the Saltair Poetry Competition as part of Saltair Festival. Um, and one of the things there was the green air theme and what people have thought of. People have re-engaged with nature, which is totally inspirational. And how much creativity have we got around that through art, through music? But would we have airplanes... If somebody hadn't just sat and looked and watched a bird flying around and gone, very how true. How did he do that? Yes. Well, I think <laughs> I think Icarus did, didn't he? But didn't he, didn't he, he put some feathers and some wax together? But I think yeah, he, yeah, he, he plummeted to his death. Dad sorted that for him. He did. <laughs> And off he went, and it, then realised that don't fly too close to the sun. It didn't go too well for it. <laughs> it, it good intentions, but it, it sort of ended in tears and wax, I think, didn't it? <laughs> it did, but that's because Icarus went, I want to get right up there with the birds, yes. and they're flying right up there, so I can do that. Yeah, and very, very it true. And realised that he couldn't, because the birds had already sorted it out, hadn't they? <laughs> It's it's, you know. it's very it's, it's very very true. Ari, I'm just looking at time. It's always a pleasure to speak to you. But on a, just on a final note, and then I've been asking the other guys and all the other, the other people, the other guests, the same sort of question. People tune in. You're a friend of the show. People love you to bits. What have you been doing? Um, time to give yourself a little bit of a plug because obviously we're going to meet up on Saturday. But what have you been up to? Um, anybody wants to possibly think, I want a little bit more of Irene Lofthouse's creativity. Where can we get your books from? Have you been doing a few more videos? In fact, I know you've put some stuff on various platforms. Where can people catch a little bit more of you, Irene? Uh, well, they could go to my uh, Lofty Writer page, which yes. is on Facebook, because then you can see the kind of things that I'm up to. Yes. Um, they can go to my SoundCloud uh, page, which I think is Lofty Writer again, mm-hmm. uh, where I've recorded there's a lot of audio there of stories that I've done, some from the from the books. Are, are they all, in the are, any people tune in? Are they for all ages? Because I know you like a little bit of horror, a little bit more adult theme, but we've got some stuff maybe for younger listeners, younger readers, and stuff. Yeah, there. some some of the ones on the audio are uh, from my Strange Tales in the Dales, yes, and Strange Tales in Bradford Dale. Mm-hmm. Uh, some are, and it will tell you whether it's for adult or yeah, child. Yeah. So there's, there's a little You've bit of You've got a good mixture there. You've been doing some they stuff can, on YouTube, though, and you're making some little peg dolls. Oh, I right? did for Freedom Studios um, in Bradford. Um, I did three little videos about storytelling with making peg dolls. So mm-hmm. the, those there, Dolly Pegs, how to create 
a character with one of those, whether it's a self-portrait, so you're talking about yourself and a memoir, yes. whether it's, uh, you know, uh, something totally creative, somebody that you've, an idea that you've had. Mm-hmm. And I also uh, did one for the World Storytelling Cafe. You did indeed, yes. So you can have a look on there, which is a almost a 30-minute video of the story of the Borough Bradford, mm-hmm. which is a myth and a legend. Um and I also did for the Peace Hall in Halifax a uh, little story about Mrs. Graham, uh, the first UK female balloonist to do both a daytime and nighttime solo flight. And um, that's for all ages. And my, what a story she had. What uh, an inspirational woman. It's brilliant. And Irene, if that is not enough, I do not know what is. It's brilliant stuff. Irene, it is always a pleasure to have you on the show, and I will be seeing you on Saturday. Yeah, um, indeed. It, 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 it's, so you're just performing on so many platforms. So, listeners, what can I say? You've heard Irene Lofthouse and myself. If we don't see you on Saturday... I'm going to send Irene to... No, I'm not joking. <laughs> Irene, it's it's always a pleasure. So all I can say is uh, thanks for coming on the show tonight. I'll see you on Saturday. Take care and enjoy the rest of your evening and we'll catch up very, very soon. Irene, take care take for care now. And thanks a lot. Goodbye for now. Brilliant stuff. Bye Thank bye. you, Irene. Thanks. Well, there you go, listeners. The brilliant and unstoppable... Irene Lofthouse right here on the bookshelf. So we've got a couple I've got a couple more songs and a few announcements. What a fantastic show it has been. We started off with Stephen Linstead and we continued with Heath Common and the main theme for the first two hours was poetry and obviously viral verses. So we'll be posting out I already have done but I continue to uh, promote and plug the viral verses and why? Because the main driving force is that it's all all profits, all proceeds go to the NHS. So brilliant stuff indeed. It's £14.99 pence and ages all the poets range from 16 right up to 98. Over 50 poets, brilliant, brilliant poets. Over 50 poets have contributed and over 30 artists. And listening to Stephen and listening to Heath, it is, and I'm going to um, sort of paraphrase now or use Heath's word of it, healing. That's a brilliant word. Um, many people have suffered and it's been a real, I don't think we'll forget the year of 2020, but I'm sure everyone can connect with the poetry and the artwork and heal and just take some positive from it. So please go out and uh, and buy and buy the book um, because as I keep saying, it's all for the... Um, it's all for the NHS, which is good, good stuff. And I'll continue next week with Viral Verses, because don't forget, as I've already said, we've got the brilliant, or I've got the brilliant Millie Johnson, who'll be talking to me round about uh, quarter past seven next Tuesday for a good sort of half an hour, half an hour, 40 minutes. It's all about poetry, as you know, and I do. Um, Millie Johnson is the world-renowned multi-million selling um, author of many, many romantic novels, but also writing some fantastic poetry. So in October, October, she'll be, she'll be back on the show talking about a new novel, but next week it's all about viral verses and poetry. So it's good, good stuff. As I said, I'm off the airwaves at 10 o'clock. Don't forget, I am back on Saturday. It will be the last Saturday show for a while. I've got to commit to other things, but the... the uh, 
writer's bookshelf is continuing. So what I'm going to say is tune in next week for another writer's bookshelf. Obviously, headlining the show is Millie Johnson. Ian Mayer is taking over the airwaves just after the news at 10 with Anyway, the Wind Blows. And don't forget, this Saturday, for the big 80s mega mix and the last one for a while, what have I got? I have got the one and only last Saturday show. But just looking down the cart, and in fact, maybe we might be able to fit in three songs. But I'll tell you what I'm going to do now. Let's take in a little bit of Noel Harrison with Wimmills of Your Mind. Like a wheel within a wheel Never ending or beginning On a never spinning reel Like a snowball down a mountain Or a carnival balloon Like a carousel that's turning Running rings around the moon Like a clock whose hands are sweeping Past the minutes of its face And the world is like an apple Whirling silently in space Like the circles that you find In the windmills of your mind Like a tunnel that you follow To a tunnel of its own Down a hollow to a cavern Where the sun has never shone Like a door that keeps revolving In a half-forgotten dream Or the ripples from a pebble Someone tosses in a stream Like a clock whose hands are sweeping Past the minutes of its face And the world is like an apple Whirling silently in space Like the circles that you find In the windmills of your mind Keys that jingle in your pocket Words that jangle in your head Why did summer go so quickly? Was it something that you said? Lovers walk along the shore And leave their footprints in the sand It's the sound of distant drumming Just the fingers of your hand Pictures hanging in a hallway And a fragment of a song Half-remembered names and faces But to whom do they belong? When you knew that it was over You were suddenly aware that the autumn leaves were turning to the color of our hair. A circle in a spiral, a wheel within a wheel, never ending or beginning on an ever spinning wheel. As the images unwind, like the circles that you find in the windmills of your mind. Writer's Bookshelf on Drystone Radio. David Driver. Drystone Radio. Just you know why. Just you know why. Why you and I. Why you and I. Will by and by. No true love why. Sometimes we'll sigh, sometimes we'll cry, and we'll know why just you and I, no true love way. 
the brilliant Mr Buddy Holly true love ways well sadly that is just about it from me David Driver and another writer's bookshelf a massive massive thanks to my three brilliant guests the one and only Mr Stephen Linstead the one and only Mr Heath Coleman and my guilty pleasure the brilliant Irene Lofthouse thank you for sharing all your brilliant thoughts and views and uh, and just sharing some of your work on the writer's bookshelf all I can say is keep safe spread the love and keep writing good night and god bless and I'm going to play out with two lovely songs and I'll see you all same time same place next week good night we have on the time in the world Diamond up for life to unfold all the precious love We have all the love in the world If that's all we have, you will find we need nothing more Every step of the way No!
nothing more, nothing less. Stone Radio. Radio. Yeah, 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 yeah. Feel like I'm made out of gingerbread. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Crumb thick and lip licking gingerbread. Uh-huh.
on FM. On your phone. And here. Play Drystone Radio. This is Drystone Radio. News. Main stories this hour.